Chapter 19 Unthinkable but Necessary Coop and Evan made it to the soundstage just before Capra called action. Evan waved to Dorothy, who stood out in the rear of a crowd scene near where Jimmy and Donna Reed stood by the Christmas tree. She looked so pretty and excited to be part of the film. Evan again took special delight over the fact that he was responsible for her getting the part, with Jimmy's help, of course. Evan waved at Jimmy, and he gave a thumbs up, wiping his brow and shaking his head as if to say, What a night. The scene was shot in a few takes, with close-ups of Jimmy, of course, followed by two shots of both Jimmy and Donna and then a wide-angle master, including the whole town in Jimmy's living room. At the end, everyone broke out in the familiar Auld Lang Syne song. Finally, an insert shot of the little angel on the Christmas tree, and Jimmy's final line ended the movie. A moment later, Capra called out, Cut and print! Dorothy ran off set and hugged Evan just as Bill, the A.D., called out, That's a wrap for the day, folks. Tomorrow, 7.30 a.m. call time, stage five. Thank you. Evan squeezed Dorothy's arm and leaned toward her. Want to have dinner with me tonight? More than anything else in the world, she said, and froze a little in surprise as Evan kissed her. She melted, returning the kiss, then held his eyes as he pulled away. She blushed a little as Jimmy ambled up to them. How are you feeling, Jimmy? Evan teased. You want it harsh or sugar-coated? He smiled and winked at Dorothy. Come on, Evan prodded. I feel like I have a bull kicking me in both the stomach and the head, and I'm about to explode, he said. Is it too late to get it sugar-coated? Dorothy asked. That was sugar-coated, Jimmy said, then looked at Evan. How did it look from out here? Jimmy, it was outstanding, Evan praised with full sincerity. It will be one of the great scenes of the movie, a real tearjerker. I look forward to cutting some of it, if Mr. Capra lets me. Dorothy grabbed Evan's hand. Back in a jiff. It was beautiful, Mr. Stewart. I mean, Jimmy. She turned to Jimmy quickly for one last look and then ran off. Evan and Jimmy both watched her go, a vision of loveliness. Jimmy nudged Evan. So, you gonna make an honest woman out of that girl or what? Evan reddened. What? You mean marriage? Well, you don't have to make it so gall-darn grim, doggone it. He chuckled. She's awful pretty, and something tells me no one better is going to come along. Evan sighed. It's not really like that, Jimmy. Kid, he said, I may not be the best judge of character, but that girl is smitten with you. He winked and slapped Evan on the shoulder, then moved up as Capra approached. Capra's eyes moved to Evan. Papers taken care of, West? Absolutely, Evan assured. Safe and sound. Excellent. Now, I've made an executive decision. What's that, sir? 
I'm going to give you credit in the movie. Editing associate, or something like that. I'm sure the union won't mind. Evan thought back to what Coop said. We're an infection on this era. We should not be here. And then he realized he was inserting himself in history that for all intents and purposes was already written. He was altering the chain of events in the film by having his name in the credits. God only knew what kind of chain reaction that would set off in the sequence of things. Or worse, maybe he'd grow a third eye or even a second nose. Mr. Capra, I think that's a grand gesture, and I appreciate it. But I'd like to remain anonymous on this movie. But you were of great help to the picture. Still are. Not only on the editing side, but creative, too, he said. Post-production rules. Everyone who's anyone knows that. And your name on this picture. Why, it's only fair. I have my reasons, sir, Evan said softly. Capra looked at him for a moment and shook his head. You're a strange fellow, Evan. But I've done a few strange things myself in my day. Suppose every man has. All right, I'll respect your wishes. And if you're hiding from the law, Jimmy here will be the first to turn you in. Frank went to the assistant director to go over some paperwork. Jimmy approached Evan, a bashful grin on his face. Evan, about last night, he began. That girl, Gloria, she say anything to you about me after I left? I know she wants to see you again, Evan told him. She said that? Jimmy beamed. Told me she could hardly wait. Wow. Even after I made a horse's... Yep, even after that, Evan laughed. Well, okay then. Jimmy turned to go, then looked to Evan. Thanks for being my wingman, pal, and getting me back to base. Evan smiled. Anytime. Dorothy approached. Evan laughed as he could hear Jimmy whistling, Buffalo gals, won't you come out tonight? What's so funny? She asked, smiling. Evan looked at her and laughed again. Everything. Now, you and me, let's go out for dinner. What do you say? Where? How about a place I know called Dorothy's Eats? A nice, home-cooked meal. Did your mom make another pie? That's presumptuous of you, Evan, inviting yourself over like that. Dorothy teased. Best food in town. How could I turn that down? I'll go get the car, she said, and smartly stepped out of the room, all class. Evan watched her go, thinking, Some people have more than they bargained for, and Dorothy has it in generous quantities. I'll follow you, Evan shouted and she gave him a thumbs up. Evan headed toward the rear of the soundstage, then froze as a horrible thought hit him out of the blue. He remembered that Connor, 75 years in the future, had the atrocious reels of the movie. Evan now knew Strickler must have succeeded in duplicating and re-editing the film. Evan's heart sank. Nothing Evan did in this present time would change the inevitable. Strickler would win at the end of the day, 
because time and events are absolute. Evan peered into a darkened corner of the stage and saw the shape of a man sitting on an apple box. Evan looked closer. It was Huckabee. He was just sitting there, staring, not saying a word. I'm going insane, he said aloud. Evan was an aberration whose time was running out. While Evan followed Dorothy toward her house that lovely early evening, Evan kept thinking about his conversation with Coop, and more importantly, what he was going to do to try to stop Strickler's plans to destroy It's a Wonderful Life and turn Frank Capra and Jimmy Stewart into national laughingstocks. There were several options open to Evan. He could kill Strickler, but that wasn't really an option as he wasn't a killer. As bad as Strickler was, he didn't deserve to be murdered. Secondly, Evan could go to Capra and warn him of Strickler's evil plan, but then Capra would think he was certifiable. He already felt Evan had a few screws loose. Third, Evan could steal the final master of the movie and make sure Strickler never got his grubby hands on it. Evan stepped out of his car and strolled over to Dorothy's window. Penny for your thoughts? Dorothy looked to Evan briefly, her dainty hands on the wheel. Nothing, Evan said. I was just thinking how beautiful you look today on set. How romantic. She smiled. And sweet. And true. Richie exploded through the front door and ran to his mother. Mommy! He yelled happily. He then ran to Evan and hugged him. Evan, I think I might like you now, Richie said very matter-of-factly. Evan was too overwhelmed to do anything except embrace the boy back. Good to see you again, Tiger. Dorothy reached for one of Evan's hands while Richie got the other. They walked toward the open door where Mrs. Page was waiting for them, smiling. Evening, ma'am, Evan said. Evan, lovely to see you again, she replied, standing aside to let the trio in. Dinner was served half an hour later, a sumptuous meal of pork chops and mashed potatoes, which just so happened to be one of Evan's favorites. Grace was particularly memorable, as Richie was the one who said it for the family. Dear God, thank you for the food. And thank you for Evan. Evan turned glum when he heard his name in prayer. He knew he could not stay there and might end up losing his life in his effort to leave. Under the table, Dorothy squeezed his hand. Later that night, they played Monopoly, which was regularly interrupted by Rancher, who would often zoom into the room barking and then topple the board in pieces. Evan pondered. Was this what it felt like to have a real family? He kept stealing looks at Dorothy, flirting at close quarters. Everything felt thrilling and nostalgic. That night, Evan wanted more than ever to stay in 1946 forever, make a go of it there. But that was impossible. And now, he contented himself with pretending and was lucky enough to get a monopoly on Boardwalk and Park Place, 
He sold them to Dorothy for Baltic and Mediterranean Avenue, then pretended he was cash poor. He'd rather lose to Dorothy than lose her. The harsh reality was he was going to have to. It was unthinkable, but necessary. 